Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. I thought a hug and putting my arm around a staff person while taking a picture was friendly, but she found it to be too forward. I kissed a woman on the cheek at a wedding, and I thought I was being nice, but she felt that it was too aggressive. I have slipped and called people honey, sweetheart, and darling. I meant it to be endearing. <laughs> Those are some of the words of the embattled former governor. Uh, in 14 days, the, will be the former governor of New York. That's right. Andrew Cuomo has been forced to resign in light of these new, uh, not these new, in light of these 11 allegations of sexual harassment. And, oh, my God. It is just so fucking funny to me to listen to these old, like, creepy politicians have to apologize for their for their behavior you know like anytime somebody has to go on and give like an official apology for sexual harassment things it's fucking hilarious man how humiliating is that <laughs> i kissed the girl on the cheek i slipped sometimes i call people sweetheart or darling <laughs> Oh, God, but welcome back, everybody. This is the Peddling Fiction Podcast, and I am your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita. Thank you all so very much for listening, and I hope you all had a nice weekend. It went by really, really fast for me. It seems like only yesterday I was doing a, a podcast for you guys, but that was a few days ago, and it's time to get, we're going to get New York tough on today's podcast, as Cuomo would say. God, what a fucking douche. Is there anybody more blowhardy and just pompous than these Cuomos? Oh, God. There's some about, like, New York Italians, too, that are just, like, the worst. Just blowhardy, bragging, never shut up about being from New York and how great they are and how tough they are. If you're so tough, why are you guys hiding behind a fucking cloth mask for a virus that does nothing to 97% of the fucking population? Riddle me that. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about his resignation. We've got some more interesting treatments coming out of Greece and Israel for the COVID virus. And let's see, what else I got in the stack here? Oh, the, the great Rand Paul has just been fucking crushing it lately. But it looks like Andrew Cuomo, the, uh, the former uh, favorite for president, former hero, he came out with a book. He was being praised by the media. He was the, the messiah that, you know, the, he handled COVID better than anybody. <laughs> yeah. He's resigned now. In, in light of these uh, sexual harassment allegations, 
I guess, you know, they had some sort of um, investigation into the allegations and he was facing renewed calls from both sides of the aisle to step down. You know, it was weird that they, uh, you know, this was like the second, at least the second time that they kind of went at him for this. The the, the first time he just basically told everybody to go fuck themselves. He wasn't going to step down. And then the 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 calls for for him to step down subsided he was praised for his handling of covid like literally pushed for president by you know just remember all the media fawning over him and, and there's actually i was watching this clip from uh god that awful what's that fucking guy's name that does the daily show now all right it's uh trevor noah it's just i i can't believe anybody watches that guy it, he's just he's just terrible He's absolutely terrible, like not funny, but he's got this clip of him has been going viral after Cuomo stepped down because he's just fawning over this guy, just absolutely fawning over him. And there's something there, there, there's something there, you know, there's something I don't know if it's a white pill or whatever you want to call it, but it seems like everybody that the the mainstream, the the corporate press, the elites Everybody that they start pushing for president, you know, the the corporate press just comes up with these names and they float them out there at, for presidential candidates and they all just fucking crash and burn. Crash and burn. Like nobody that they try to fucking prop up for a president. Uh, it ever works out. You know, uh, the Republicans, it was like Jeb Bush and uh, like, what was it like? Remember like Mike Pawlenty? <laughs> And those fucking guys. And um, and then, you know, the Democrats, you had Robert Francis O'Rourke. You had the uh, that guy, I forget, uh, what the hell's his name? Uh, Tucker Carlson was, was calling him the creepy porn lawyer. He was supposed to be throwing his hat in the ring for president. Then you had Gavin Newsom. And he's being, like, run out of fucking town. And then Andrew Cuomo, who has to resign in like the most pathetic like the most embarrassing way possible well maybe not the most embarrassing way anthony weiner was probably a little more embarrassing uh when it comes to new york politicians but you know i was watching him sort of apologize and he does i want to go through some of the the things that he said because it was like it was very interesting to me to listen to him try to fucking apologize and then pivot to like how great he was but Man, listening to these old men apologize for, like, touching people in inappropriate ways is just fucking hilarious to me. It just, it, it's so goddamn humiliating. And watching him try to do it with a straight face was, was uh, man, I loved every second of it. But that that's the big news of the day. He resigns in, in, uh, in the face of these sexual harassment allegations. And in his resignation, you know, you, it was a great example of how politicians politician <laughs> you know it's like how they fucking how they go about this like fantasy promoting this fantasy of government and he you know he talked he goes through all of the lies that the that the politicians and that were taught in schools about what government is and what they do for us and how they work for us all of those lies are, are pushed on us and then of course he's doing this for us you know, he's stepping down because he loves the American people. More specifically, he loves New Yorkers. And so in order, to, you know, to get the, the, the best government working for them, 
and because you know he cares so much about New Yorkers, the the best thing that he can do is step down so that step aside so that government can get back to governing. Ugh, it was just so disgusting to hear. Like some of the most offensive things that he said during this sort of like uh, press conference that he was holding had nothing to do with the sexual uh, sexual assault or harassment allegations that were made against him. To me, it was far more offensive to listen to the way that he talked about government and and just promoting this propaganda and all this crap. So um, we'll go through some of that here in just a minute. But first, a little follow-up to the little uh, woke Olympic rant that I was doing the other day. They've got the numbers out, the viewing numbers, the ratings for the Olympics on NBC. Not very good. Not very good. They're down nearly 50% from the last Olympics. And I think more than 50% from the the ones before that. And it's just, it's just so great to see this, uh, the reaction to the, this woke bullshit. You know, people actually just kind of voting with, you know, with their feet, not watching the, the stuff, just losing interest in it. They're, they're, they're literally ruining everything everything and so people just tune out now they just we've just we've had enough we've had enough so nbc the, the viewership is down so much that nbc was forced to hand out free ad space and to give away extra commercials because everybody that was buying advertising on the channel in anticipation of like you know 30 40 million people watching these olympics and especially you know this day and age with everybody staying at home because of the delta variant you'd think that tons of people would be watching the olympic coverage but no no they can't even come close to the numbers that they got. And it's not, you know, it's not an accident. It's not a fluke. It's a trend. We're seeing this all over sports. And I just can't, it's funny to me how long it's taking them to figure this out. They still can't really wrap their heads around why people are just tuning out all of this crap. They don't want to be fucking preached to especially when they don't agree with the message. I mean, I guess there's been a lot of like US participants that were protesting the US flag and and not standing or kneeling or something. I, I just I, I don't really care about the whole flag thing. It is it is pretty weird though. You know, it, it's kind of hypocritical, right? If you're going to if you're going to be in the Olympics and it theoretically represent the country and then and then, uh, like, sort of shit all over the country's flag. Why don't you just not be in the Olympics? Uh, I don't know. But anyway, apparently that's pissing off a lot of people as well. So, yeah, the, the primetime coverage on July 26th averaged 14.7 million viewers, which was a 49% drop compared to the equivalent night in 2016 and a 53%, 53% less than 2012 London Olympics. The opening ceremonies had their lowest viewership since 1988. So anyway, I, I just thought I would mention that this whole yeah you know get woke go broke thing seems to there seems to be some truth into that. I just wish these companies would go broke a little quicker so we can get rid of all this woke stuff. But it is it is giving me a little hope to a little something to be optimistic about that people are, are really just they've just fucking had it with this stuff. And it's it's just driving everybody fucking crazy. And everybody who, you know, they're trying to appease 
you know, everybody that they're trying to satiate with all this woke virtue signaling shit, none of these people have any fucking money. Okay, they are not going to support any of these companies. They're a bunch of broke, loser, social justice warriors with gender studies degrees. So I, I, I eventually, you know, these companies are going to have to figure this out or they will like seriously go under. Anyway, I just I always like to take a minute and engage in some good old fashioned schadenfreude. Which, for those of you who don't know what that means, it's basically taking pleasure in the misery of others. And, and there's nothing more pleasurable than seeing the, these people pushing this bullshit, woke agenda just getting their asses handed to them. In just, like, complete embarrassingly failure form. It's, it's just wonderful. And uh, speaking of schadenfreude, let's just transition over to our New York Tough segment, Andrew Cuomo, the, you know, the, uh, the older half of the douchiest fucking brother combo, possibly in all of America. I don't know. That might be a bold statement. I might have to think that through a little bit more. But man, the two fucking Cuomos, uh, Fredo and uh, Andrew. Oh, sorry. I, I know that's a that that that's like a the worst racial slur you could throw at Italians. But I I got some Italian in me, so I'm allowed to say it, I guess. But man, it it is just it is wonderful to see the the fall from grace that Andrew Cuomo has experienced. I mean, less than a year ago, he was being worshipped by the corporate press, by Hollywood by academia, by the, the mainstream elites, by everybody. He was going to be president. They, he was going to be running for fucking president in 2024, wasn't he? He was a god amongst men. He handled COVID just beautifully. All that shit. And now look at him. Now look at him. Disgraced. Apologizing for touching women's backs and stomachs. And he said he wasn't going to fucking resign. And now he's capitulating. He is, uh, he's bending over, he's giving in to the demands of for him to resign, which is pretty funny because he goes, let's start this off New York tough, and then he's just giving in. He's just giving up. He's, uh, he's tucking his tail between his legs and walking out the door. But anyway, as I mentioned, I, I think there are some really interesting elements to this apology that he gives, so let's, uh, let's go ahead and roll some of that. So let's start New York tough with the truth. The Attorney General did a report on complaints made against me by certain women for my conduct. The report said I sexually harassed 11 women. That was the headline people heard and saw and reacted to. The reaction was outrage. It should have been. However, it was also false. My lawyers, as you just heard from Rita Glavin, have reviewed the report over the past several days and have already raised serious issues and flaws that should concern all New Yorkers. Because when there is a bias or a lack of fairness in the justice system, it is a concern for everyone, not just those immediately affected. The most serious allegations made against me had no credible factual basis in the report. And there is a difference between alleged improper conduct and concluding sexual harassment. Now, don't get me wrong. This is not to say 
that there are not 11 women who I truly offended. There are. And for that, I deeply, deeply apologize. Let's go ahead and pause it right there real quick because, man, you know, it, it certainly is interesting how all of a sudden, once the allegations are made against them, all of these people who were on board during the whole Kavanaugh thing, we believe survivors, you know, believe all women, all of these like ridiculous, absolutely asinine like mantras that they'd be chanting. Now, all of a sudden, when the allegations are turned on them, oh, well, we need an investigation. And you can't just allege, like, there's a big difference between allegations of, of misconduct and, you know, convicting someone of sexual assault or sexual harassment. How did he put it? When there's a bias or lack of fairness in the justice system, it should be alarming to everyone, right? Not just the, the people being accused. Yeah, yeah, no shit, <laughs> no shit. Where were you a couple years ago? Where, where were you a couple years ago when uh, people were getting railroaded with, like, ridiculous allegations of sexual assault? And, you know, you would think that of all the people to, you know, jump, like, to, to jump on board, that whole we believe all women, like, hysteria that was going around, when uh with the whole Kavanaugh thing if you weren't such a pompous prick like Andrew Cuomo who uh, clearly you know he gets he's admitted to at least getting a little touchy-feely with people in you know kind of creepy ways definitely like borderline like the stuff that he's just like oh you know I I, I just do that with casually with people it's like I, I don't know if you do that while you're at work you know he, he says he like touches people's stomachs later on I, I don't know but you think if you were doing that and you were calling people toots and honey and sweetheart and telling a bunch of fucking inappropriate sexual jokes, you would think that, you know, it might give you pause when the whole when the whole mob is going after Kavanaugh. It, you know, if you if you know that you've been like, you know, towing that line and maybe you've crossed it a few times, like by these ridiculous standards that people have come up with. That maybe you might just fucking bite your tongue and not uh, jump on board with the whole we believe survivors thing. And he actually does say a, a few things in this apology that I agree with that I'll, uh, maybe I'll play later on. I haven't really kind of decided yet. We'll see how much time we have. But we've, we've created this ridiculous standard for people to operate, for just like human beings to live with. You know, this this sexual harassment standard has gotten very, very fucking ridiculous. I, I, I mean, like the things that he's apologizing for that I played at the top of the show. I, I mean, I don't know if that's like a reason enough to call for somebody to resign. Like I, I touched their back or uh, I gave somebody a kiss on the cheek at a wedding. I mean, I guess it depends on the relationship that you have with people. But man, like if, if you can go after somebody for things like that, and I, I know there were more serious allegations made against him, but like, let's just say there weren't, and it was just like, oh, he told some inappropriate jokes, and uh, he called somebody sweetheart. It's like, wow, okay, like this is this is the the world that we all want to live in, and, and most I don't think most women want to live in that world either, where like men are literally just fucking terrified now to be like uh, like normal men that aren't like fucking. Uh, 
uh, predators or something. They, they don't want to be alone with a woman in, in like, uh, an office setting because there's no, like, witnesses. And, and the, these women can just say anything. And they can ruin you. Even if it's not, like, you know, even if it's not true, like, this whole we believe survivors thing, we believe all women, that that can easily fucking ruin you in this whole, uh, the whole Me Too moment, you know, just went way too far with things. And it really, you know, it's like a certain amount of that is really, really good. And then when you take it too far, you just, you're you're shooting yourself in the foot and you're hurting your own cause. But I think it's, I, I, I do find it very uh, interesting that now he's having this this sort of epiphany, like oh shit, and he's he's pleading with the the people of New York and the American people to to realize that hey, when there's an injustice being done here or a bias or somebody's treated treated unfairly, we should all be upset. Of course, yeah, when it's him in the crosshairs, we should all be upset about the bias and the unfairness. But when it's one of his other political enemies, then he's all about the bias and the unfairness and the mob going after him. Uh, that, that's another thing that he talks about later on in this apology, is that this is all politically motivated. And you should all know that, and that's why I'm being forced out, because this is all politics. And, and I'm sure there, a lot of it is politics, but he was also like I said, being praised by the media and by politicians. And uh, like, I don't know, I don't know exactly what made the fucking winds change on this other than the fact that like he had that huge scandal with the COVID thing and putting, uh, forcing sick patients into nursing homes that seemed to, uh, to, to really change the, the, the political winds, not in his direction. This has been sort of an interesting saga, right? Because we knew about these allegations before. And I don't know how much more validity was given to them after this investigation. I really haven't l looked into this much. I, I, I just don't care. I, I'm much more concerned with his handling of COVID and what he has done to New York and the, what he did to the, the people in nursing home, that whole scandal, and then trying to cover it up and then writing a fucking book about how great he did. Unbelievable. I mean, that the, the idea that the thing that brings him down was uh, calling somebody toots and kissing somebody on the cheek at a wedding versus like that we can't have like that. Uh uh inappropriate jokes no that that we can't have that uh, you know killing a couple thousand elderly people that we're fine with what a great fucking microcosm of the of the world that we live in now unbelievable you know offensive jokes inappropriate name calling that's outrageous you should lose your job you should be forced out and humiliated but, you know, you, you're responsible for a policy that kills thousands of people. Eh, we're, we're going to write a book about you. We're going to call you a hero and suggest that you run for president. Anyway, the, uh, the apology keeps going. Let's, let's go ahead and get back to it. I thought a hug and putting my arm around a staff person while taking a picture was friendly. But she found it to be too forward. I kissed a woman on the cheek at a wedding, and I thought I was being nice, but she felt that it was too aggressive. I have slipped and called people honey, sweetheart, and darling. I meant it to be endearing, but women found it dated and offensive. I said on national TV 
to a doctor wearing PPE and giving me a COVID nasal swab, you make that gown look good. I was joking. Obviously, otherwise I wouldn't have said it on national TV. But she found it disrespectful. I take full responsibility for my actions. I have been too familiar with people. My sense of humor can be insensitive and off-putting. I do hug and kiss people casually, women and men. I have done it all my life. It's who I've been since I can remember. In my mind, I've never crossed the line with anyone. But I didn't realize the extent to which the line has been redrawn. There are generational and cultural shifts that I just didn't fully appreciate. And I should have. No excuses. Okay. Uh, that, that's got to be the, the, the funniest part of this whole thing for me and just the most humiliating when you're just going through all of these um, social faux pas that you've done. <laughs> I, I, I kiss people casually, women and men. <laughs> it really is just hilarious to watch this happen. But to be in this year, 2021, after the Me Too moment, after you've seen countless politicians go down for this sort of thing was it al franken who who got fucking taken down for taking a picture of him like pretending to grab a woman's breast uh and, and cuomo didn't uh realize how far the lines have been drawn i mean they've been drawn pretty fucking far in that direction and some of these allegations i mean like he's actually being accused of groping these women like feeling them up grabbing their breasts and stuff uh, the, the women that worked for him. Of course, he's not addressing any of those allegations. It's just the ones where he kisses them on the cheek at a wedding. And yeah, again, like with any of these allegations, you you just don't know unless there's other wit other witnesses to it. And it's just him and like some chick in his office. So it's the whole he said, she said kind of thing. So I'm, I'm not going to make a, a, a judgment either way on this as to whether or not these allegations are true. The, the things that he's admitting to, uh, unfortunately, this day and age can ruin somebody. Touching somebody on the back. And I mean, I, obviously, there's there, there's definitely different ways that you could touch somebody on the back. And one of them is, like, really inappropriate. And the other one's just, like, you know, like a casual uh, social interaction that even in the workplace would probably be fine in simpler times. But those are not the times that we live in. And anybody that this day and age doesn't know how far these lines have been drawn. I don't know what planet you've been on for the last uh, five or six years. There's they've gone way too far with like the you, you can't tell like funny jokes and stuff. Nobody really wants to live in that world except like really miserable, unfunny, unhappy people. But as to the more serious allegations, yeah, I mean some of these allegations are pretty bad. So I don't know. We'll we'll let the uh, the litigation and stuff play out. And, and see what happens there. But the the, the next uh, couple things that he talks about, and some of these clips, I, I think some of them I've edited a little bit for time and 
and just because I want to get the to the most important uh, things that I want to talk about. But it, he shifts from like apology to talking about all of, uh, like just all of this bullshit that politicians tell us. And I want to I want to go through some of that. Part of being New York tough is being New York smart. New York Smart tells us that this situation and moment are not about the facts. It's not about the truth. It's not about thoughtful analysis. It's not about how do we make the system better. This is about politics. And our political system today is too often driven by the extremes. Rashness has replaced reasonableness. Loudness has replaced soundness. Twitter has become the public square for policy debate. There is an intelligent discussion to be had on gender-based actions, on generational and cultural behavioral differences, on setting higher standards and finding reasonable resolutions. But the political environment is too hot and it is too reactionary for that now. And it is unfortunate. <laughs> I, I didn't realize that New York tough had all these other meanings. New York tough means New York smart. I think in the next clip, New York tough means New York love and all these other weird things. Uh, God, what just a little douchey fucking thing to say. But you know what I love about that little clip right there is that if you didn't know any better, you'd think he was talking about COVID-19 and not this whole uh, gender sexual harassment thing. Uh, everything that he said, if you just replace the the last part where he actually mentions uh, women and, and gender-based discrimination or whatever the hell he says, if you replace it with COVID-19, it makes just as much sense. This is not about the science. This is not about like rational thought. This is about politics. And I think there's a, a larger takeaway from this whole thing. When everything becomes political, it just, it, it ruins everything. Like when science, when politics infiltrates Every aspect of life, it, it just destroys everything in its path. Like, that's the, the nature of politics, the nature of government. But rational thought goes out the window. That People go absolutely crazy, and, and it infects the, the scientific outcomes of things. And, you know, have any of you guys seen all of these tweets and stuff that people are posting from back when Trump was in office and he was pushing the vaccines and it looked like he was going to be reelected? All of these lefties were like, oh, I wouldn't trust that vaccine. You know, it's a Trump vaccine. You can't take that. Nobody's going to want to do this. You know, some experimental vaccine that Donald Trump came up with. And then fast forward like three months later. And now that Biden's in office, apparently that changes the, the entire vaccine. And now it's OK to take. And, and they're ridiculing people for not taking it, for being skeptical of it. And people have just lost their collective minds. It's insane. It's tragic that it's it's gotten to this this level, but it not not so tragic when it gets turned when the political machine gets turned on people uh, the likes of which are Andrew Cuomo with or without these uh, sexual harassment allegations. Just 
I've never fucking liked this guy. Is there anything more obnoxious than a fucking New Yorker who constantly proclaims that he's a New Yorker and that he, he's New York tough and he comes from New York? And I think in the next clip, he's going to talk again, like every fucking other sentence out of their mouth is like, hey, don't mess with me. I'm from New York. I'm a New Yorker. I'm a New York born and bred. Just like, shut the fuck up already. I, I, why is anybody from New York proud of being a New Yorker this day and age after the last year and a half? You guys are a bunch of colossal fucking pussies. I mean, anybody who was uh, re- re- like remotely tough in New York probably fled that fucking state because you've destroyed it. You've absolutely destroyed it. And in the next couple of clips, you know, Cuomo goes on and on about all these accomplishments and how great a job they've done when he's... He's presided over the destruction of that state. Absolute destruction. They, anything that was good about New York, anything that was tough about New York, it's all gone. It's all gone. They fucking ruined it. And you're ro- you guys are the first ones to roll out the COVID vaccine passports, the key to the city. You have to get vaccinated now to go enjoy this fucking loud, dirty, obnoxious city full of pompous pricks like Cuomo. Anyway, let's, uh, let's let him keep talking here. Now, you know me. I'm a New Yorker, born and bred. I am a fighter. Oh, God. See, there, there it is again. I'm a New Yorker, born and bred. I'm a fighter. Uh, you guys don't seem to be fighting for your fucking personal civil liberties, your freedoms, your ability to just go uh, out and eat without having to show papers. God, did, am I the only one that fucking hates this aspect of New Yorkers? I can't be. I can't be. It's just so fucking obnoxious. It's like, ah, uh, New York and New Jersey, you guys fucking deserve each other. Anyway, sorry. Let's keep rolling. And my instinct is to fight through this controversy because I truly believe it is politically motivated. I believe it is unfair and it is untruthful. And I believe it it demonizes behavior that is unsustainable for society. If I could communicate the facts through the frenzy, New Yorkers would understand. I believe that. But when I took my oath as governor, then it changed. I became a fighter, but I became a fighter for you. And it is your best interest that I must serve. This situation, by its current trajectory, will generate months of political and legal controversy. That is what is going to happen. That is how the political wind is blowing. It will consume government. It will cost taxpayers millions of dollars. It will brutalize people. You see, here we go. Now, he's, he's not doing this out of some sense of self-preservation. No, 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 no. It's all, it's all about you guys, you the voters, because, you know, after all, he works for you and he's just concerned about you and tax dollars. All of a sudden, uh, Democrats are, are worried about spending tax money. Worried about spending other people's money. They're worried about uh, balancing the budget now. <laughs> it's like, get the fuck out of here. Nobody believes that. 
Not a fucking person on the face of the earth believes that you're stepping down because you're concerned with uh, the the government functioning for other people. Obviously. Obviously, this is to sort of make some of the heat on this die down. Because the longer you stay in office, the longer you stay in office, the, the, the more fucking attention is going to get drawn to this. So you're stepping down and you're hoping this all goes away once you're out of the spotlight. Tax dollars. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, God. Yeah, that was the part that I think I've already mentioned like four times where we've we've set this standard for a society that is unsustainable. And I, I, I do think a lot of the if these are the you know, the allegations that he's actually addressing in this apology, uh, if they are, as he describes most of them then yeah that does does to me fall into this camp of like all right let, let's all just fucking calm down a little bit here um okay like he he, he touched your back or something as he was walking through a doorway you know he gave you a kiss on the cheek at a wedding like all right let, let's uh you know relax a little bit but then the other allegations that he's not talking about, eh, I, I think we can live up to that as a society. I don't think, you know, I think most men can uh, have a woman in their office without, you know, reaching up their shirt and grabbing their tits. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. What else has he got for us? The state assembly yesterday outlined weeks of process that will then lead to months of litigation. Time and money that government should spend managing COVID, guarding against the Delta variant, reopening upstate, fighting gun violence, and saving New York City. All that time would be wasted. This is one of the most challenging times for government in a generation. Government really needs to function today. Government needs to perform. It is a matter of life and death, government operations. And wasting energy on distractions is the last thing that state government should be doing. And I cannot be the cause of that. New York tough means New York loving. And I love New York. And I love you. And everything I have ever done has been motivated by that love. And I would never want to be unhelpful in any way. And I think that given the circumstances, the best way I can help now is if I step aside and let government get back to governing. And therefore, that's what I'll do, because I work for you. And doing the right thing is doing the right thing for you. Because as we say, it's not about me. It's about we. Ugh, ugh, just so much sickening bullshit propaganda in that little clip right there. The idea of government functioning is, is like an oxymoron. We, we don't need any more government functioning. If, that, if what government functioning means, what, what they're doing to New York, to the state of New York, to New York City specifically, vaccine passports, lockdowns, ruining the lives of millions and millions of people, forced vaccinations, please, please stop functioning for the sake of everybody. 
is a life and death situation government. Yeah, except it's mostly death now. It's mostly just death and destruction, destroying people's lives, businesses, the psychological well-being of their children. I mean, you name it, go down the list. We do not want government functioning on that level. Uh, personally, I don't want government functioning at all. I, this whole thing is illegitimate and, and it shouldn't exist on any level. But to the extent that it does, please no. Please stop functioning. This is not the time where we need more government. I mean, look at, look at New York's numbers. Look how they handled this. They were the epicenter of COVID-19 in America when this whole thing started to go down. And they botched the whole fucking thing. There's all sorts of uh, disastrous numbers coming out of there, scandals. They need to get back to that? I don't know. I mean, uh, I I think I actually want them just investigating sexual harassment charges against Cuomo uh, instead of doing anything else that they've been working on over the last year and a half. At least that only fucking hurts one person. I guess his family or whatever. Okay, you know, a handful of uh, obnoxious New York Italians get harassed by government. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that in comparison to the entire state of New York being jerked around, having all of their freedoms taken away over pseudoscience, virtue signaling. Oh, and then all of that's he loves you. He's doing all of this for you. He, you you know, he works for us. I uh, these uh, the, the stuff that these politicians, they have to say this. This is like, the you know, how they fucking get us to fall in line and buy into all their bullshit. Who's buying this this day and age? You get a- accused of fucking grabbing some chick's tits in your office. And, and this is a, your, everything that you do, you did for the love of New Yorkers. I, I, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I mean, a lot of these allegations, if true, didn't seem like you were doing it on behalf of uh, the rest of New York. But yeah, you know, he, he's stepping down because he loves you guys and he's honored to work for you. Did anything that this guy say over the last year and a half give give anybody the indication that he was working for us? Or was this guy just fucking th- barking out orders and telling you what to do? Every day you had to watch him on TV to, to, to figure out what you were able to do the next day. Remember how much press he was getting? He was, he was like the leader of the fucking world. Telling everybody what they were going to do, how they were going to do it, just making these decrees, this power-hungry motherfucker. Now, all of a sudden, he was doing it out of love and he was honored to work for you because he worked for you. How many New Yorkers had to shut down their business because, uh, what, because they work, because they hired Andrew Cuomo and he worked for them? Or was it because he was fucking demanding it? You can't go to the gym. You can't go hang out with your friends. You can't eat at a restaurant. Now you got to fucking show your papers pretty soon in New York City if you want to do anything. But they work for us. They work for us. That's we're, we're still sticking to that story after everything that happened the last year and a half. That's what we're going with. You're not going to be able to travel. You're not going to be able to fucking do anything that you would normally be able to do as a human being in New York City unless you have a, a vaccine passport and proof of you injecting yourself with an experimental vaccine. But they work for us. It's <laughs> such an interesting dynamic. Name another dynamic where you're the boss, but you take orders from all of your fucking underlings. Everybody that works for you just gets to push you around and tell you exactly where you have to go, what you have to do in order for you to live your life. 
That's a real fucking interesting work dynamic there. Unbelievable. Unbelievable that we're still going with that story. You work for us. <laughs> oh, God. What else? And be proud. We made New York State the progressive capital of the nation. No other state government accomplished more to help people. And that is what it's all about. We have managed every emergency Mother Nature could throw at us. Fires, floods, hurricanes, superstorms, and pandemics. We did more for black and Latino families than any other administration. We did more for working families. We did more for our union brothers and system, sisters. We did more to battle racism and anti-Semitism. Today, so much of the politics is just noise, just static. And that's why people tune it out. What matters is actually improving people's lives. And that's what you did. You made this state a better state for the generations that follow. And that is undeniable, inarguable, and true, even in these ugly, crazy times. And I know the political process is flawed, and I understand their cynicism and distrust and disappointment now. But don't give it up, because government is still the best vehicle for making positive social change. Again, just the audacity to make these statements. It's just, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Think of what, and that, so that was the clip. The, uh, the rest of these clips, I think I haven't edited at all. This one, I cut out a lot of the, uh, the bullshit progressive accomplishments that he talked about, you know, balancing the budget, minimum wage and all this other shit. Cause it's, it's irrelevant to this conversation. And we're, I'm, probably running pretty long here on this. This is a lot longer than I actually th uh, thought I was going to talk about this, but no other government did more to help people. We helped the, the black and Latino community, the worker. What fucking planet is he living on? New York has been fucking destroyed. Absolutely destroyed. It's never going to be the same. We, we made it a better place for generations to come. What fucking universe is this guy operating in how is new york better now than it was five years ago unbelievable restaurants are closing by the thousands people are fleeing the state like i said you got the vaccine passports rolling out in new york city that's just going to be the beginning of it if they let it happen yeah you had the i mean all of the fucking riots that destroyed most of the city everything's boarded up it's never going to be the same it's never going to be the same. They have single-handedly destroyed, you know, one of the greatest cities on the face of the earth, according to some people. I never really cared too much for New York, but, uh, I mean, a lot of people love it. I certainly respected, you know, the amount of culture and, and, and you know, uh, diverse, like, restaurants and, uh, you know, theaters and all the stuff that you could do there. I get it. I respected that. Uh, I just didn't really care for the, the overall 
city and a lot of the people that are in it, like Cuomo's. It, I'm, I already talked about that a little bit, but my God, they've, they've, they've ruined the lives of millions of New Yorkers. Millions. Uh, deemed them uh, unnecessary. You forced them to close down their businesses. You lost your job uh, a year and a half ago. They've given you like 600 bucks. We've done more to help working families and the poor and black. And uh, I already talked about in the last episode, all these black people aren't getting vaccinated. They're not going to be allowed to fucking do anything in New York City. They're not going to have the key to the city. They've done more. Uh, what fucked up world are these guys living in? Oh, and then the the last part of that clip, I think, was the maybe the most offensive thing that I heard him say. Government is the most effective vehicle for instituting positive social change or something, whatever he said. Again, name a positive social change that's taken place in the last decade. I, I mean, does anybody really, he just went through, you know, like five minutes before that, he's like, we've, we've instituted a, a standard that's impossible to live by, but government's the best form of instituting positive social change. I, what, what positive social change has come about since at least since 26, since the Trump moment has, has any positive social change taken place? I can't really think of anything right now off the top of my head. Everybody's fucking live. Lives are, are worse today than they were then. You, you can't tell a funny joke anymore. We're being censored on fucking social media, on all these media platforms. Uh, and it's, you know, these aren't just private companies making these decisions for themselves. This is, they're being pressured by the government. You know, they're, we're being forced to take vaccines in order to resume our normal lives and go out and have a meal. Positive social change. My God, what an asinine fucking unbelievably bullshit statement. I mean, th these governments have destroyed life as we know it. Absolutely destroyed it. Millions and millions and millions of people's lives are irreversibly fucked. Your business that you worked your entire life on, you had to close that because of government. Yeah, your your kids are are, are enduring unbelievably unbelievable psychological damage, the, the likes of which we're not going to know the extent of the damage for years to come, but who knows how bad it's going to be. Probably worse than any of us thinks because we've never done any of this shit before. Like, we've never done this. None of this has ever been done. These lockdowns, these mask mandates, it, it's never happened before. You've lost your job. You're about to lose your house. Like, this mor moratorium on evictions is going away. There's going to be millions of people kicked out. Rent's going up. Inflation's soaring. Uh, positive social change <laughs> because... Words, I don't know, reasons, government, government good, we love you, we do all this for you, you work for us, and we're the best vehicle for positive social change. Please, somebody, positive social change that's taken place as a result of government over the last five years, go. And even if there was, like, one thing that you could point to, it was probably government reversing one of their previous institutions that they've they've set up one of their previous laws or something you know like legalization of marijuana it's like oh okay but who made it illegal in the fucking first place a government so they're just undoing all the fucking damage that they've already done maybe you could point to something like that but my god dude the the, the social environment that they've created the silencing of people deplatforming of people the, the debanking of people. We got to walk around with a fucking mask on our face, stay six feet away from everybody, like 
places at like 50% capacity, all these arbitrary religious bullshit rules that we've been following. Uh, take your mask, uh, put your mask on, walk 10 feet, then you can sit down and take it off. This is the positive social change. Positive social change. Get the fuck out of here, man. Anyway, uh, I think that's enough of Andrew Cuomo. I, I don't I don't have anything else, I guess, at least right now to say on that topic, but not going to be missing him stepping down in, uh, I guess, 14 days from now. He said it's going to go into effect. I had a bunch of other stuff I wanted to talk about. I, I'm trying to figure out how long I've been talking here. Um, I, I did want to mention, I, I guess this shouldn't take too long to go over, but there's there's some new drug that Israel has come up with, but I believe the study that they were doing, they, I don't know, I think Israel came up with the COVID drug, but then they did the study in Greece because Israel didn't have enough patients. Is it, am I getting that right? So this is not, this is not a vaccine. This is just a treatment for once you get COVID. And it seems all of the numbers that are coming out, they've done two different phases of this trial. So they haven't done phase three yet, but they've, um, They've done the first two phases, and it seems to be really helpful for patients that get actually really sick from COVID. Like, they get uh, admitted to the hospital, and they're having trouble. Like, it's not looking good. They take this drug. And according to the Jerusalem Post here, 93% of the 90 seriously ill coronavirus patients were treated in uh, several Greek hospitals with a new drug developed by uh, this Tel Aviv, this team in Tel Aviv's uh, Saraski Medical Center. 93% of them were discharged in five days or less during the Phase 2 trial. The Phase 2 trial confirmed the results of Phase 1, which was conducted in Israel last winter. That trial found that 29 out of the 30 patients in moderate to serious conditions recovered within days while no cases of serious side effects have been detected. Now, this doesn't seem like a lot of people. So I I don't know why the first trial was only done on 30 patients and then this next one was done on 90. They do mention that they had to move this to... Greece because they didn't have enough seriously ill patients. I I don't know. COVID, I thought this was like, you know, the worst thing ever. Where are all these like really sick patients that we can run tests on? The trial was conducted in Athens because Israel didn't have enough sick patients. That this team developed a drug around a molecule that the professor has been studying for 25 years. It's called CD24 and it's naturally present in the body. It's important to remember that 19 out of 20 COVID patients don't need any therapy, this guy says. Yeah, it is important to remember that. It is very important to remember that. After a window of 5 to 12 days, about 5% of patients start to deteriorate. By now, even lay people understand the deterioration is due to a natural bodily reaction to something called the cytokine storm. Cytokine storm occurs because the body's immune system goes ballistic. In many cases, the reaction actually contributes to death or serious illness of the patient. This new therapeutic works by suppressing this reaction using the CD24 protein. So they are preparing a phase three trial for this, and they hope to be done by the end of the year. And you think this would be like a big story, great news, you know, but... You don't have to worry about taking this experimental vaccine. We have this treatment that like 93% of people that actually have serious complications from COVID, you take this drug, less than five days later, boom, you're out of the hospital. And of course, 
I haven't heard a peep about it in the corporate press or the mainstream media, whatever you want to call them. But th- that's uh, that's promising, so we'll, we'll keep an eye out on that study. And let's see, last but not least, I got to give Rand Paul some props. I, I don't uh, talk about him too much on the podcast, but he is by far just the best fucking senator we have, in my opinion. Uh, especially in light of all this COVID fucking craziness. He has been... Uh, the only one that I've seen, like, uh, consistently hold Fauci's fucking feet to the fire, going at him, holding him accountable for all of his ridiculous lies and, and flip-flops and theater. It, it just sounds like he is as fed up, like, the he, he read the same article I did, the that fucking thing out of the Atlantic, talking about putting, us on, uh, putting unvaccinated people on a no-fly list. Uh, put you on a terrorist watch list because you didn't want to get uh, take the vaccine. Like you just disagreed with their medical assessment of you before you. And so he came out and and I'll I'll just play this clip and and maybe give uh, some thoughts on it. But it, it it's pretty self explanatory. It's exactly what I've basically been saying, and it's wonderful to be, to see like a serious politician, one who's got credibility as a doctor. He's not just like some fucking bureaucrat that spent his whole life like Joe Biden being a politician, never accomplished anything. Like he practiced medicine for like, I don't know, it was like 30 years or something. So Rand Paul has fucking had it up to here just like I had. It, it sounded like the this thing put us both over the edge. So let, let's uh, hear what he has to say. It's time for us to resist. They can't arrest all of us. They can't keep all of your kids home from school. They can't keep every government building closed, although I've got a long list of ones they might keep closed or might ought to keep closed. We don't have to accept the mandates, lockdowns, and harmful policies of the petty tyrants and bureaucrats. We can simply say no, not again. Nancy Pelosi, you will not arrest or stop me or anyone on my staff from doing our jobs. We have either had COVID, had the vaccine, or been offered the vaccine. We will make our own health choices. We will not show you a passport. We will not wear a mask. We will not be forced into random screenings and testings so you can continue your drunk with power reign over the Capitol. President Biden, we will not accept your agency's mandates or your reported moves towards a lockdown. No one should follow the CDC's anti-science mask mandates. And if you want to shut down federal agencies again, some of which aren't even back to work yet, I will stop every bill coming through the Senate with an amendment to cut their funding if they don't come back to work in person. Local bureaucrats and union bosses, we will not allow you to do more harm to our children again this year. Children are not at any more risk from COVID than they are from the seasonal flu. Every adult who works in schools has either had the vaccine or had their chance to get vaccinated. There is no reason for mask mandates, part-time schools, or any lockdown measures. Children are falling behind in school and are being harmed physically and psychologically by the tactics that you have used to keep them from the classroom during the last year. We won't allow it again. If a school system attempts to keep children from full-time in-person school, I will hold up every bill with two amendments, one to defund them and another to allow parents the choice of where the money goes for their child's education. Do I sound fed up to you? That's because I am. I'm not a career politician. I practiced medicine for 33 years. I gra- 
And uh, sorry if that was kind of hard to hear. I didn't have to, I, I didn't have time to pull that clip, so I just played it from my computer into the microphone. But the the great heroic Rand Paul right there. I, I'd be hard pressed to say it any better than myself. I couldn't agree more with everything that he just said. This is absolutely ridiculous at this point. This is pure insanity, and there's no reason for us to abide by it. Just just resist. Just don't do it. Uh, it. It doesn't have to get you know violent or anything like that. We there just has to be enough of us that are just not going to comply. We are just not. We're just going to go about our lives, minding our own fucking business, doing what we do, and that's it. And then then the, they just the, this whole thing just stops because they can't. There, if millions of people rise up and just say, "I'm not doing it." I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing that. I'm not taking that. I'm going to make my own decisions. And it's oh, and the, we could we could cancel so much of government with that attitude. So I hope we we could just take that and roll with it and more politicians get on board, let their balls drop like Rand Paul and stand up to this stuff. This is this is nonsense and it's it's ruining people's lives. Like I said, it ruined New York. They're they're trying to ruin the fucking world with this. And this is, I mean, this is it. This is the, the chance that we have to stand up against real-time tyranny that, that's going to change. If we let it happen, it's going to make people's lives miserable for the the for eternity. Like, once we let them get this shit done, there, there's no going back from there. It's going to be very, very difficult. It's always a lot more difficult to fight for your rights to get them back from government than before they take them away. We don't want to have to try to get these back after we've given them away to these fucking psychopaths. All right, so we have to stop them now. We can just not abide by any of their illegitimate bullshit decrees because, uh, you know... (laughs) If if they do truly work for us, well, then we can decide what we want to do when we want to do it, and they can't fucking say shit. But if this is all just an illusion, and that's the lie that they tell us so that they can rule over us, well, then we need to show them that we're not going to comply, and we're we're going to pull the the curtain back, reveal them for what they are, and we're we're just going to resist. We are going to resist. We are not going to comply. And we'll see how far they actually want to try to take this. Anyway, I'm going to wrap there for tonight, guys. It is getting pretty late. Hopefully I can get this out before uh, before the clock strikes midnight. So it'll be a Tuesday episode, technically. Uh, some of you on the West Coast might, might uh, you know need this as uh, put you to sleep or something like that. But thank you so very much for listening. I love you all. Do me a favor, you know, start sharing some of these YouTube clips that that Justin's putting out. Share the show with somebody that you think needs to hear it. I think these topics and these messages are are too important for just the the, the size audience that we have right now. We got to get this the show bigger and this movement bigger. So do that for me, and I will be back later this week with a new episode for you. And until then, you guys know the drill. Just keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace.